everyone. Hi, folks. You are watching and listening to Sipping Off the Cuff on Tequila Aficionado Media. All of our channels and networks. I'm Mike Morales here in Southern California. That guy out there is Matt Messers in Rochester, New York. Matt and I are uh, we're 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 not we're traipsing. We're we're walking very carefully through through the blasphemous uh, line. And this is a uh, you folks may have seen this bottle if you're if you're on Instagram at all. Go check them out on Instagram. It's blasphemous. Um, this is a what they're calling a handmade American agave spirit, uh, blended with 11-year-old agave, and it's 80 proof. Mm. Um, so this is a blend, and if you watched our seven-year-old um, um, review, I gave you a lot of information there. I'm going to repeat some of it here, probably not all of it. I'm breaking the seal just now. Mm. It's it looks like mm -hmm. it's dipped, it looks like it's wax. Dipped. Yeah. Um, the last time I had black wax on us, uh, Alex and I did a tasting for uh, uh, Sola y Lejana, Lejana, Mezcal, and the black wax was really sticky and and it would it almost it reacted like tar. This one doesn't do that. This one is uh, very smooth. It doesn't come off on your hands, in other words, because we had some of that come off on our hands, and I was hoping it didn't get into the juice. Mm -hmm. Look, Matt, I got a dark cork. Yeah. Let's see what, what I got. It's like a lottery, cork lottery. Oh, I got a dark one too. Uh, you got a dark cork. Okay, smell it. Smell the neck. It's different than the last one. Uh, on the on the seven year, Matt got a a a um, uh, not a black cork. He got the regular synthetic beige cork. I got a black one. Uh, I'm not smelling much of anything on the cork. Definitely okay. not any rubber or anything like that yeah that's a good sign okay so yeah. before things before things go south on us i'm gonna pour some right just now. pour it let's just pour it okay shall we uh let's give you the ins and outs uh as we after while we pour um i'm using a stasol jarrito for mezcal look i got lingering bubbles oh yeah i'm using a stasol jarrito for tequila i got bubbles please 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 tell me that this is a good sign um Go check out our seven-year, um, uh, our seven-year aged uh, uh, review, uh, where I, where you can see Mike fall apart <laughs> on camera. <laughs> it was uh, bound to happen sooner or later. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's happened. It's just it's been a long time than that since that's happened. Uh, again, beautiful color, but yeah. we don't know what it's being aged in. I have put the, uh, I have put a question out to the folks at Blasphemous. Um, there is a lot of information that is missing on their um, website, on their uh, on their uh, marketing deck. Uh, that that the average person, somebody like you know that Matt sees at, at uh, Matt's brother uh, and he own a bar together, and um, I think that's the case. And Matt does a lot of uh, uh, tequila tastings and mezcal tastings, and so you know he's he's at the he's really at the ground level of of what what is going on in the industry where the customers are concerned. So, you know, we asked them several questions that the normal consumer was going to ask anyway. So, um, that we're not getting on the bottle. Uh, we get a story and I'll, I'll go through the story on, on this, on this, uh, uh expression. Yeah. You don't oh. see this color, uh, in, in 
This is definitely an añejo color when it comes to tequila. This is yeah. If it's if it's aged, if it's natural, it's been aged for a while. Uh, yeah. I mean, at least you know if this were tequila, like I say, it's got to be three years at least. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Maybe we've seen some reposados that, that maybe it's a reposado that's blended with some añejo. Yeah. I don't know. That that could be it too, right? Yeah. We know it's a blend. We know that, and I'll explain how we know that. Um, beautiful legs and tears. Again, if visually it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, now you're using your stossel for for tequila. Mm-hmm. I'm using my stossel for mezcal, which got the wider mouth. I'm not getting as much of the powdered rubber. That's good. That's a plus. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm getting more plant. I'm yeah. actually excited. There's there's alcohol. There's there's a little bit of that synthetic smell that we used to associate with with uh, primitive mezcal. Mm-hmm. You know the the kind that you go to Oaxaca or you go to a, you go to Ensenada or Tijuana and they they uh, or or you go to a resort and you see these people on the side of the road and they try to sell you a big jug of whatever you know con gusano and it smells like fuel like gasoline. Why wouldn't you buy that? Um, you know, <laughs> cheap. It's like the buck. <laughs> hey, you know. Um, this yeah. is much more pleasant to the nose, though. I gotta say, I'm getting more plant. I'm getting more, more age notes. There is a, the alcohol is prominent. Yeah, the alcohol is still prominent. I'm not. I'm getting more plant than than we did in the seven year. Good. I'm not I'm not getting a ton of barrel things we'd associate with a barrel like oak or, or those dessert type flavors. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm not either. There's a, there's a, a certain amount of alcohol, and that's not a bad thing. Again, mm-hmm. we're talking about mezcal. This is a blend of espadine. Uh, according to the bottle, this is an 11 year aged, uh, 11 year plant. Right. We don't know how age, how long it's aged? We don't know what it's aged in, but we know the plant is a mature plant. Okay, we know that. And the blend, uh, the the rest of of where it's coming from is South Texas. Uh, it is the Patatorum uh, uh, agave, which grows all over. I lived in San Antonio for eight years. It grows everywhere as ground cover. You see it in front of banks. Uh, if you follow my Instagram, you can see a picture. If you scroll, 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 you'll see some black and white pictures of Patatorum that are growing there are quiote, and the quiote mm-hmm. is way bigger than the plant. The plant's not that big, yeah. it's, but it's but if they're well cared for, they're beautiful. They're gorgeous, and they they grow all over South Texas, all over. So what is the uh, what's the normal age life on those? You know, for to get to the Quixote stage. I, I don't know because uh, uh, you know I'm I'm not a botanist. Yeah. I it's got to be over seven uh, over seven years maybe before they start to grow the Quixote, and you'll see them grow it. Uh, then they the gardeners let them grow. Every strip mall's got a few of them. Uh, in Texas, you can go to any strip mall in, in 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 San Antonio, and you'll find one or two. And there are some agave americana that they also grow. And there's some, I forget what the name of it is, because again, I'm not I'm not too keen on the plants themselves. But some of them have the a yellow outline mm-hmm. around the green. Uh, it's a, it's a, another strain uh, or variety of Amer- agave americana. And and they're beautiful as ground cover. They're they're gorgeous to look at. I think the Patatorum is seven to ten years before it starts to grow a stem. Before it starts yeah, to grow. I was just thinking since we're 
since they're blending an 11 in here, if we were thinking it was the Espadine or the Patatorum, I think both of them are going to go to seed prior to hitting that point. That's sort of the, something that popped into my head. Oh, well, it depends It depends on how they treat it. I mean, if they're treating it like, like tequila, then when it starts to grow a stem, uh, starts to grow, they hack that stem. Yeah. And so they, it's called a, a, a um, what's the word? It's in the book. It's in my 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 catador course. I, it, it, not a barbeo. Barbeo is when they when they cut the leaves. Uh, that's something different. This is a this is a um, uh, it's kind of a castration. Okay, it's a, the, the the translation is castration, and what it does is as soon as that stem starts to grow, they hack it off, and all the sugars that that it takes to grow the stem go back into the plant and it makes the plant bigger okay so it's a, a type of castration for the plant so that's what they're doing to these plants these these espadine they're castrating them and and they're letting them grow longer in the ground mm. someday if they if if they're bat friendly or or you know they're a lot more natural they're going to let some of them go to seed um the patatorum because it's texas nobody at this point that I know of, nobody is harvesting those or growing them commercially, except for maybe uh, 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 gardening uh, places. You know, there are several in Texas that will sell you anywhere from palm trees to 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 that type of ground cover to agave, and they may be uh, growing them commercially for sale. But there's very few that are growing them, you know, to make to make juice out of them. Okay, so. Uh, so we know it's a blend. We don't know. We don't know if it's a 50-50, 70-30, whatever. We're gonna dive in and see what we get. Okay. I get a lot. Um more more flavors we would expect with aging on the taste i picked up some oak right away mm -hmm. some some sweet dessert flavor like vanilla or butterscotch uh a little bit of smoke that we would normally associate with a mezcal that's been oven or pit roasted um plants coming through a little bit at the end but the plant is not prominent in here um you know what i should have done and i didn't do that I should have rinsed out my mouth. I did everything mm. else to do that, so that's probably why I'm still getting residue from the from the rubber. Mm. But here's what I will say: much more plant-like. It's reacting much more like a like a mezcal. Um, it's it's bright and peppery on the on the lip numbness, on the gum, on the on the palate. Um, And and it's got a good long finish. I'm you know what, you know Matt. I'm surprised that at 80 proof, it's reacting like a much more aggressive mezcal, like it's at a higher mm -hmm. proof. And it, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I get that as well. You get some of that residual tingling. Um, and we had that in both expressions so far. I agree on the finish. Very long finish, but yeah, uh, very nice. It's not bad, and I can't again. I, I can't give. A completely unbiased because I've got residue. I got to tell you, let me let me let me just confess to you folks. I after we signed off on the seven year, 
I ran to the bathroom. I dumped what I had. I had to rinse out my spit bucket because it would not come off my spit bucket. I had a, I didn't, I rinsed it several times in hot water. Uh, washed my hands because you saw us pour some in our hands and and uh, it finally came off my hands. Um, and because what I didn't get a chance to do and I, I should have done it and it's my fault, I, I, I'm better than that. I should have rinsed out my mouth because it was the the whatever tainted that seven year and I'm suspecting it's the cork uh, or something ha has already colored and coated my palate. So I need to go cleanse my palate. I'm going to do that between the 11 and seven year old. But it's not so bad that I can't pull stuff out. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to do, let's just pour some in our hand and see what else we're getting. Matt, I'm going to do that anyway on my end. And uh, I, I did this with the seven year because I just couldn't. There was just something there that I could not get. And, and I, I, I just wanted to verify, just confirmation is what I was looking for. So we pour some in our hands, we diffuse it, and then we sniff it. Much more plant. Mm -hmm. I think it's not going to be good for me. I'm getting scented hand soap that I washed uh, <laughs> my hands with in between the last two Dang, cases. Man, that's against rule number two. Don't yeah. use scented soaps or perfumes or colognes, okay? <laughs> um, I'm getting more plant. I'm not sure if I'm getting any enough wood. It's, it's almost as if the wood is an afterthought. And I'm not, I, I again, I asked them, what is it being aged in and for how long? I really want to know that. I'm not sure if it's whiskey. It could be cognac. It could be, it could be a, you know, a, a used bourbon barrel. Tell me what's in it. Tell mm -hmm. me, you know, is it sherry? Is it rum? You know, uh, but it could I be anything because they're not bound by, you know, the restrictions of the CRT or the CRM as far as aging. So it could be anything they want in there, apparently. Yeah, well, let me read you some of the some of the background uh, information that that they give us uh, it, it, on the back of the bottle and on the POS on the on the on the marketing deck. We are descendants of the first settlers that left their home in the south to create new legacy in the north. That passed down to us the recipes that. Uh, uh, defied what has been conventional for over 250 years. Okay, why not share them with the world? Agave welcomed our ancestors. It witnessed the birth of the greatness of the of this country. It has always been there. Let's follow its example. Build your passion. Follow your dreams. Why not? I like it. I like it. That's what it says on the back here. Um, again, this is an American agave spirit, uh, but they're not telling us it's an 11-year-old, uh, blended with 11-year-old uh, agave, all right? Uh, here's what we don't know. We don't know what it's aged in. Um, what we do know is, uh, and I, I read through some of this uh, uh, briefly in our, in our seven-year uh, uh, information, um, I tried to get some clarification from them. Um, the original juice is from Oaxaca. By the way, the folks behind this brand are the folks behind Brujo Mezcal. Mm -hmm. We just got, I can't wait to dive into Brujo. We, we've only had one varietal uh, run expression between Matt and myself, actually two, 
and it was the most <laughs> one, one half. <laughs> yeah, it's actually the most awkward review he and I have ever done. You can find it on our on our uh, YouTube channel. Uh, it the reason it didn't work is because he got one different one and I got a Pachuga. So that's like night and day, all right? Apples and oranges. Anyway, I asked them, I said, the, the, uh, I said, uh, I asked them, is the original juice coming from Oaxaca? And they said, yes, the, uh, uh, the original juice is coming from Oaxaca is being shipped in bulk to Roma, Texas. And in Roma, Texas, where they have their distillery, they have a working distillery there. Uh, the, I said, is it being finished and polished? And is there a, a so technically, is, would this be a triple distilled? They said, no. This is du double distilled is coming from Oaxaca into the U.S. And the finishing and, uh, I said, finishing and polishing in your copper stills in Roma, correct? And they said, no. Blasphemous is a blend of Mexican agaves distilled in Mexico and from American agaves distilled in Roma, Texas in a lesser amount. We don't know what the percentage of the amount is. It could be 70, 30, 80, 20, 50, 50. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, they don't, and, and they're trying to work the bugs out on that as well. What comes from American agave is produced and finished 100% at the distillery in Roma, Texas. Then both plants are, are blended together. Okay. I got no problem with that, folks, because blending and polishing happens anywhere from scotch to rum to sherry. The Solera method is all that. That's what that is. Um, they, uh, they said, for the bulk of the distilled agave, what we will be producing in Texas, we intend to rely in the future exclusively with what is planted and sown on our land in Fronton, Texas. I'm not sure where that is. I'm sure it's South Texas. We are still defining the mixture of the agave varieties that we will harvest on our land. So they're working out the bugs, folks. This has never been done before, okay? Um, I mean, there are American agave spirits, but to actually distill something in the U.S. from plants that are grown in South Texas, because we know agave, agave grows worldwide, but it only grows in, in, in certain climates. If it's too cold, the further north you go in Texas, like uh, Dallas and Austin, you may see these plants, but they don't grow there. They're, they're, they've been replanted there as ground cover because the first, you guys know in, in San Antonio and Texas, your cold spell, there's a lot of your plants that died, all right? Because agave doesn't handle the snow well. I know living in New Mexico, the, as long as I did, agave just doesn't grow that well there. It has to, it, it has to be pretty old to survive a few a few cold snaps, okay? Mm -hmm. So we know that. Uh, they're moving mature plants under their property to hopefully finish growing there, and then eventually they're going to, everything that comes out of, out of that distillery will be 100% Texas grown. So in order for them to, uh, in, in order for them to, uh, uh, to be called an American agave spirit, some of it has to come from the U.S. Otherwise, the TTB would never give them their 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 labels and bottles. It's just not going to happen. All right. So technically, technically, it is an American agave spirit. Uh, for those of you who have been following us, you know you've seen my book, um, uh, Agave Spirits Around the World. There's a, a chapter there about American agave spirits and where the history of Mexico 
is with the United States and all the border towns, all the borderlands. If for nothing else, read that chapter. You can, for those of you who, who are subscribers, you can um, you can download the the issue where that section of the book is, or just get yourself the book. It's available on Amazon. I'll show you the the book uh, in our next review. Um, I go into the history of the borderlands. They didn't cross our border. The borders crossed them. Okay, Mexico lost a lot of territory to the United States in its concessions uh, over the years and the treaties. And so it's to me, it's not uncommon that, that a Mexican a Mexican family would stay on their their side of their land and keep doing what they've been doing. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm good with that. I, I want to see more of that. The world is ready for an American agave spirit. Uh, there are organic agave spirits that are using blue agave. Uh, uh, I cover all of that in in that uh, chapter of the book. There are agave, there are blue agave spirits coming out of uh, Central California uh, right now that uh, are really causing a stir. So the world is ready. South Texas deserves this, okay? Mm -hmm. But it just needs a little bit more transparency so that we know what what's going on and I gotta say, Matt, I like this one way better than the seven year. Absolutely, me too. And and the seven year that I have is tainted. There's something there's something completely gone south on that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's the cork. Yeah, my bar was set a little higher, but I still think this one. I, I enjoy this one more than the seven year. I do too. I do too. Uh, I'm gonna give it one more pass, and then we're just gonna sign off and and go into the seventeen year. I'm looking forward to that. Hmm. Uh, still very prominent. It's still opening up with a lot of alcohol in it, and it's you know it's not it's not nose burning alcohol, but it's it's very prominent and it's bringing up the the aromas to you. So I, yeah, I get I like a a toffee or something maybe after it's sat for a while. Maybe so. This may be one of those brands that we just gotta let us sit and we just don't have the time, folks. I mean, we're already going into the 22 minutes here, and and you know if you've had it and and you're one of the few that have been lucky enough to get samples tell us what you think in the comments below write us tell us what you're doing with it i mean are you pairing it with cigars are you having dessert with it are you pairing it with food what are you doing with it what what mm -hmm. can you do um <clears throat> much more point <clears throat> way better there's some plant sweetness on it on the, on the side there's still some a little bit of the a little bit of the, there's bitterness on the on the back end of my palate now that i've had some of this you know rinse through much more enjoyable okay much more enjoyable i don't know what happened to that seven year i'm sad about it it's it's, it's sad this one but it still reacts very aggressively. This is not a mm -hmm. not a faint not a faint uh, gava spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm not even going to call it a mezcal because it. I mean, tech in its uh, technically it's an American agave spirit. In its origin, it's a mezcal. Okay, um, so again, blend of both worlds. What do you what do you do it? But we've had agave spirits this year. It's been the biggest agave spirit submission to to uh tequila aficionado we've had a guy spirit from from uh australia 
beautiful agave spirit. We've had it from, from New Zealand, gorgeous agave spirit. I'm still waiting on something from, from South Africa. Get, didn't mm -hmm. get it yet. I got organic agave spirit made with blue agave concentrate from the United States. Beautiful mm -hmm. stuff. So, you know, the world is ready for this. I want to know how long it's aged, what it's yep. aged in, and and um, anything else they can tell us. You know, what the blend is, 70-30, 50-50, mm -hmm. uh, you know, 80-40, 51-49. I don't know. Um, but anyway, that's our take on blasphemous. I, I, do you have anything else you want to add, Matt? I, I, mean, I just want to build on that. I, I would like to know more about the production itself. You know, we based on what we're tasting, we can assume the Oaxaca portion is is being roasted in an underground oven. But what's being done on the American side? Are they using an autoclave or a brick oven or the a, a pit or what? What's happening there? And you know, just how those two come together is making for this interesting collection of uh, flavors and aromas that we're that we're tasting. Valid point. Point taken. Very well. Very well said. Um, there have been pictures of the distillery that, that uh, have been seen uh, on Instagram. Not everything is there. They have a really unusual uh, uh, copper still with a huge copper wire that comes down into this, what looks like a pot. It's very modernized and yet kind of steampunky at the same time. Hmm. Uh, bright, bright copper, bright brass, you know. Uh, so I, I'd be interested to, to find out what, yet, like Matt said, are you are you pit roasting it? You know the potatorum. Uh, uh, are you are you uh, uh, autoclave? Um, I would imagine it's autoclave, but I don't know. I've never been there. I have no idea, um, and I don't even know if anyone else has actually seen the rest of the property. Um, but great questions. Hopefully, we'll have answers for you. That's our take on blasphemous. I'm Mike Morales here in Southern California. That guy out there is. Matt Metris in Rochester, New York. You've been watching and listening to Sipping Off the Cuff on Tequila Aficionado Media, all of our channels and networks. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Pinterest, uh, for that matter. Follow Matt as well on his Instagram. Um, we are also on uh, YouTube, so if you're watching us on YouTube, please, please give us a like on this video. Hit the notification bell. The like helps us on the algorithms. Hey, subscribe. Uh, whatever, mm -hmm. you, whatever you do, tomar sabiamente. Sip wisely.